There was a knock one morning, a man was standing at my door. He said, hello, I'm from Halliburton, have you heard of us before? We'd like to lease your backyard to drill for natural gas. It's called hydraulic fracturing, and it is the very past for a clean energy future above the Marcellus Stone. Plus, we'll give you lots of money and a new mobile phone. I said, you are a corporate crook. I don't believe the things you tell, and you can drive right off my property and then go straight to hell. No fracking way. No fracking way. I don't trust corporate salesmen, whatever they may say. No fracking way. 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 Greetings and welcome to Frack You Very Much, a fracking terrible podcast. If you want to check out back episodes of Frack You Very Much, just go to frackyouverymuch.com. You can also follow on Twitter at FYVM Show. This is another episode of The Compendium. The Compendium is the risks and harms of fracking, unconventional gas and oil extraction, 6th edition, June 2019. And this will be the sixth episode of which or on which I am reading from the compendium. I have read from the compendium from the start and we'll go through to the end and read it all by the time we're done. So we're going to start up on page 119 where we left off inherent engineering problems that worsen with time. Studies show that many oil and gas wells leak, allowing for the migration of natural gas and potentially other substances into groundwater and or the atmosphere. About 5% of wells leak immediately, 50% leak after 15 years, and 60% leak after 30 years. The act of fracking itself can redistribute stress and create underground pathways for fluid migration, which in turn can communicate with pathways caused by deterioration of cement in aging well casings, leading to both groundwater contamination and atmospheric emissions. The problem of leaking wells first identified by industry has no known solution. Data from Pennsylvania's Department of Environmental Protection, DEP, agree, showing over 9% of shale gas wells drilled in the state's northeastern counties leaking within the first five years. Leaks pose serious risks, including potential loss of life or property from explosions and migration of gas and other harmful chemicals into drinking water supplies. Methane leaking, leaking into aquifers can, under some conditions, be transformed by bacteria into hydrogen sulfide and other poisonous byproducts. Microbes from deep shale formations can likewise generate sulfides contributing over time to corrosion of pipes and casings. There is no evidence to suggest that the problem of cement and well casing impairment is abating. Industry has no solution for rectifying the chronic problem of well casing cement failures and resulting leakage. Plugging old, inactive wells is an imperfect solution because, as research shows, 
The cement plugs themselves degrade over time, and because many wells leak from outside the well casing. April 19, 2018. As part of a major review, a University of Aberdeen team of researchers assessed the various underground pathways by which fracking creates methane leaks and concluded that aging well casings are a leading cause of methane leaks from drilling and fracking operations. While the intersection of fracture propagation with naturally present geological faults in the subsurface is another potential route for methane leakage, the more important route is the intersection of fracture propagation with other wells with old cement. Quote, the major source of methane leakage related to shale gas activities are the intersections of hydraulic fractures with abandoned oil and gas wells, which have a reduced mechanical well integrity due to cement degradation. As a result, the stress redistributions caused by hydraulic fracturing and the deterioration of cement in abandoned wells with age allow migration pathways to be created easily, leading to both groundwater contamination and atmospheric emissions. Plugging wells is an imperfect solution because the cement commonly used for this process itself degrades with time, especially in the presence of carbon dioxide. Quote, no concrete method has been established for the methane leakage mitigation from the shale wells. November 23, 2017. An investigative journalist from the Taiyi in Vancouver obtained a copy of a 2013 report from British Columbia's Oil and Gas Commission warning about hundreds of uncontrolled methane leaks from shale gas wells located in the northern Rocky Mountain Range near Fort Nelson. The Commission's report, never shared with the public or with elected officials, remained an internal document until it was uncovered by the newspaper. Cornell University engineer Anthony Ingrafea, quoted in the story, said the report's findings served as another confirmation that wells leak badly and inevitably over time. Quote, what do they expect from underground operations such as these? Total obedience to des design intent? Why are operators and regulators around the world seemingly surprised when things go wrong underground, and in so many ways, and so often, Ingrafea said. July 5, 2017, a team of researchers led by microbiologists from Ohio State University investigated bacteria from hydraulically fractured shale by sampling fracking wastewater from a well drilled in the Utica shale. The dominant microorganism was bacterium that generates sulfides, which can contribute to corrosion of well casings. Quote, the impact of microbial metabolism within these environments is poorly understood. These findings emphasize the potential detrimental effects that could arise from theosulfate-reducing microorganisms in hydraulically fractured shales, which are undetected by current industry-wide corrosion diagnostics. April 1, 2017 The rapid depletion of fracked wells requires drilling ever more wells to keep up with production. As time goes by, wells become more densely packed into a drilling section. 
Decreasing distances between wells increases the risk of interwell communication, which occurs when the pumping of fracking fluid into one well affects a nearby well. According to an analysis in the Journal of Petroleum Technology, these so-called frack hits are unpredictable, uncontrolled, and can be violent, damaging tubing casings and well integrity. In some cases, frack hits involve blowouts of fracking fluid. The industry has no solution for this increasingly common problem. Indeed, as a sequel report describes, operators use frack hits as a tool for revealing how tightly wells can be spaced in a drilling section to maximize extraction, even while acknowledging inherent safety risks. A drilling section with no frack hits at all is presumed to lack sufficient well density for optimal, quote, economic recovery. July 9, 2015. As part of a larger examination of the potential health and environmental impacts of fracking in California, the California Council on Science and Technology, CCST, documented cases of well failures triggered by underground movements that caused well casings to shear. Sheared well casings can allow gas and fluids from the fracking zone to migrate to overlying aquifers. The CCST team identified several mechanisms by which casing shears can occur in California as oil wells age. Surface subsidence, heaving, reservoir compaction, and earthquakes. Prolonged drought can also damage the integrity of well casings as groundwater levels fall, landforms can sink, and contribute to casing shear. June 30, 2015. According to the New York State Department of Environmental Conservation, NYSDEC, findings statement, quote, There is a risk that well integrity can fail, especially over time, and questions have arisen about whether high-volume hydraulic fracturing can cause seismic changes which could potentially result in fracturing fluid migration through abandoned wells or existing fissures and faults. Thus, high-volume hydraulic fracturing could result in significant adverse impacts to water resources from well construction and fracturing fluid migration. June 4, 2015 as part of a draft assessment of fracking's impact on drinking water, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency examined cases of water contamination across the United States and concluded that, quote, construction issues, sustained casing pressure, and the presence of natural faults and fractures can work together to create pathways for fluids to migrate toward drinking water resources. Fracking older wells poses additional risks, the draft study notes, because aging itself, quote, can contribute to casing degradation, which can be accelerated by exposure to corrosive chemicals such as hydrogen sulfide, carbonic acid, and brines. And because many older wells were never designed to withstand the high pressures and stress of fracking operations. The EPA estimates that 6% of the 23,000 U.S. oil and gas wells about 1,380 wells, first fracked in 2009 or 2010, were drilled more than 10 years earlier. December 2, 2014. Problems with structural integrity have been documented in a well at the only hydraulically fractured site in the United Kingdom. 
Email messages obtained under the Freedom of Information laws reveal that problems with well-born integrity, well-bore integrity, emerged in April of 2014, and attempts were made to remediate the problem, although nothing was reported at the time to regulators. The drilling company, Quadrilla Resources, continues to deny that any problems exist with the well, emphasizing that, quote, no leak of fluids occurred and that the issue was resolved during the abandonment process. Quadrilla Quadrilla had previously been reprimanded for failing to disclose a more minor deformation in the well casing. The well was abandoned at the end of last year, following two earthquakes in 2011, which scientists determined to have been caused by fracking at the site. August 11, 2014 Researchers affiliated with multiple universities and with the Los Alamos National Laboratory summarized recent field observations of wellbore integrity failure, concluding that, because at least some well failures are not identified, reported barrier failure rates of 1-10% to of wells and reported rates of groundwater contamination of 1-100 to 1-10 of a percent of wells constitute a lower bound for possible environmental problems. Citing hydraulic fracturing as well as temperature and pressure changes as operations that can induce pathways for leaks, the authors point out that few studies have considered the very long-term fate, greater than 50 years, of well-born systems. They include, quote, whether unconventional resource development alters the frequency of well integrity failures as a critical topic for future research. July 30, 2014. Based on records obtained from Pennsylvania's DEP, Scranton's Times-Tribune reported that five natural gas wells in Bradford County have leaked methane for years because of persistent casing and cement problems. In the most recent violation, a Pennsylvania DEP inspector found combustible gas flowing through vents connected to the cement between layers of pipe. The agency issued a notice of violation for each well, saying combustible gas outside the well's surface casing violates state regulations. Each of the wells has four layers of steel casing, but nothing prevents leaking, stray methane, from flowing into the atmosphere. No evidence of water contamination has yet been seen. None of the wells have produced any gas for sale. June 30, 2014 a study published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences by a Cornell University research team projected that over 40% of shale gas wells in northeastern Pennsylvania will leak methane into groundwater or the atmosphere over time. Analyzing more than 75,000 state inspections of more than 41,000 oil and gas wells in Pennsylvania since 2000, the researchers identified high occurrences of casing and cement impairments inside and outside the wells. A comparative analysis showed that newer, unconventional, horizontally fracked shale gas wells were leaking at six times the rate of conventional vertical wells drilled over the same period. The leak rate for unconventional wells drilled after 2009 was at least 6% and rising with time. In the state's northeastern counties between 2000 and 2012, Over 9% of shale gas wells drilled 
leaked within the first five years. The study also discovered that over 8,000 oil and gas wells drilled since 2000 had not received a facility-level inspection. This study helps explain the results of earlier studies that documented elevated levels of methane in drinking water aquifers located near drilling and fracking operations in Pennsylvania and points to compromised structural integrity of well casings and cement as a possible mechanism. May 22, 2014. In a 69-page report, University of Waterloo researchers warned the natural gas seeping from 500,000 well bores in Canada represents, quote, a threat to environment and public safety. Due to groundwater contamination, greenhouse gas emissions, and explosion risks wherever methane collects in unvented buildings and spaces. The report found that 10% of all active and suspended gas wells in British Columbia now leak methane. Additionally, the report found that some hydraulically fractured shale gas wells in that province have become, become, quote, super methane emitters that spew as much as 2,000 kilograms of methane a year. May 1, 2014. Following a comprehensive review of evidence, the Council of Canadian Academies identified inherent problems with well integrity as one of its top concerns about unconventional drilling and fracking. According to one expert panel, quote, The greatest threat to groundwater is gas leakage from wells from which even existing best practices cannot assure long-term prevention. Regarding their concerns related to well integrity and cement issues, the panel wrote, quote, Two issues of particular concern to panel members are water resources, especially groundwater, and GHG emissions, that's greenhouse gas, both related to well integrity. Natural gas leakage from improperly formed, damaged, or deteriorated cement seals is a long-recognized yet unresolved problem. Leaky wells due to improperly placed cement seals, damage from repeated fracturing treatments, or cement deterioration over time have the potential to create pathways for contamination of groundwater, resources, and to increase greenhouse gas emissions. They further explain, Cement may crack, shrink, or become deformed over time, thereby reducing the tightness of the seal around the well and allowing the fluids and gases to escape into the annulus between casing and rock, and thus to the surface. The challenge of ensuring a tight cement seal will be greater for shale gas wells that are subject to repeated pulses of high pressure during the hydraulic fracturing process than for conventional gas wells. This pressure stresses the casing and therefore the cement that isolates the well from the surrounding formations repeatedly. January 8, 2013. According to state inspections of all 6,000 wells drilled in Pennsylvania's Marcellus Shale before 2013, 6 to 10% of them leaked natural gas, with the rate of leakage increasing over time. The rate was 6% in 2010, 97 well failures out of 1,609 wells drilled, 7.1% in 2011, 140 failures out of 1,972 drilled, and 8.9% in 2012, 120 well failures out of 1,346 
wells drilled. These data include wells that were cited for leakage violations and wells that were noted to be leaking by inspectors, but which had not been given violations. The NYSDEC forecasts that 50,000 wells could be drilled over the life of the Marcellus Shale Play. If they fail at the same rate as wells in Pennsylvania, 4,000 wells would fail and leak in New York almost immediately. March 2009 a study published by the Society of Petroleum Engineers of more than 3,000, nope, more than 315,000 oil, gas, and injection wells in Alberta, Canada, found that 4.5% of the wells had unintended gas flow to the surface. In one designated area, officials required testing for gas migration outside the well casings, in addition to routine testing for gas leaks within the rings of steel casings. A new lie. Within this special testing zone, 15.5% of wells, 3,205 of 20,725, leaked gas, and the incidence of gas leaks was four times percent higher in horizontal or deviated wells than in vertical wells. Autumn 2003. Schlumberger, one of the world's largest companies specializing in hydraulic fracturing and other oil field services, reported in its in-house publication, Oil Field Review, that more than 40% of approximately 15,500 wells in the outer continental shelf area in the Gulf of Mexico were leaking gas. These included actively producing wells in addition to shut-in and temporarily abandoned wells. In many cases, the gas leaked through the spaces between layers of steel casings that drilling companies had injected with cement precisely to prevent such gas leaks. Leakage rates increased dramatically with age. About 5% of the wells leaked immediately. 50% were leaking after 15 years, and 60% were leaking after about 30 years. Gas leaks pose serious risks, including loss of life from explosions and migration of gas and associated contaminants into drinking water supplies. Leaks also allow the venting of raw methane into the atmosphere, where it acts as a powerful greenhouse gas. November 2000 Maurice Dussault, a specialist in rock mechanics at the University of Waterloo in Ontario, and two co-authors presented a paper published by the Society of Petroleum Engineers in which they reported that oil and natural gas wells routinely leak gas through cracks in their cement casings, likely caused by cement shrinkage over time and exacerbated by upward pressure from natural gas. According to the paper, in Alberta, it is common for wells to leak natural gas into aquifers, quote, because of the nature of the mechanism, the problem is unlikely to attenuate, they wrote, and the concentration of the gases in the shallow aquifers will increase with time. Radioactive releases. Exemptions from federal hazardous waste laws means that no national regulatory framework exists for handling the radioactive materials in solid and liquid fracking waste. Instead, regulation is the responsibility of individual states, which vary widely in their approaches. High levels of radiation documented in fracking wastewater from many shale formations raise special concerns in terms of impacts to groundwater and surface water.
Measurements of radium and fracking wastewater in New York and Pennsylvania from the particularly radioactive Marcellus Shale have been as high as 3,600 times the regulatory limit for drinking water as established by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. Studies have found toxic levels of radiation in Pennsylvania waterways even after fracking wastewater was disposed of through an industrial wastewater treatment plant. A study found high levels of radon in buildings located in heavily drilled areas of Pennsylvania with levels of radon rising since the start of the fracking boom. Unsafe levels of radon and its decay products in natural gas produced from the Marcellus Shale may also contaminate pipelines and compressor stations, as well as pose risks to end users when allowed to travel into homes. Increasing evidence documents illegal haphazard dumping of radioactive fracking waste along with its disposal in municipal landfills not engineered to contain radioactivity. Drill cuttings, the pulverized rock pulled up during the drilling process, are a special concern as this form of solid waste, generated in prodigious amounts, is typically disposed of in municipal landfills lacking special protections for hazardous waste. Radioactivity in drill cuttings has been shown to exceed, in some cases, the regulatory limits for landfills that accept fracking waste. New research suggests that the chemical composition of fracking fluid itself helps to mobilize radioactive materials in the shale. March 15, 2019 Due to a 1980 hazardous waste exemption from the Resource Conservation and Recovery Act, drill cuttings from oil and gas fields became exempt from federal oversight, leaving it to states to regulate the disposal of this solid waste stream. A team of researchers measured radioactivity in drill cuttings extracted from Pennsylvania wells and found levels of radium-226 and radium-228 that exceeded the regulatory limits for landfills in Ohio and New York. Two states where there are regulatory limits and that accept fracking waste from other states, including from Pennsylvania. The authors recommended rescinding the RCRA exemption for hazardous fracking waste to better protect public health. August 3, 2018. A two-part study by Dartmouth College researchers investigated the source of radium in fracking wastewater from Marcellus shale wells. By comparing the isotopic ratios, they showed that the high salinity of the wastewater is responsible for extracting radium from the shale. Quote, Experimental results and wastewater data together provide a coherent picture that the distinctive RA isotopic signature of Marcellus wastewaters resulted from con contemporaneous water-rock interactions that promote desorption of RA from organics during hydraulic fracturing. In the second part of the study, the researchers used mass balance and isotope mixing models to attribute both the extreme salinity and the presence of radium in liquid fracking waste to the progressive hydro hydrologic enrichment of injected fluids during the hydraulic fracturing. In sum, the chemical composition of fracking fluid itself and its interactions with black shale during the fracking process combine to make fracking waste radioactive. Explaining these findings in an, a news article, co-author 
Makul Sharam said, quote, Radium is sitting on mineral and organic surfaces within the fracking site, waiting to be dislodged. When water with the right salinity comes by, it takes on the radioactivity and transports it. February 19, 2018. A study conducted in the Bakken Shale region of North Dakota used a multivariate, variate, multivariate regression model to predict radium-226 levels in fracking wastewater based on levels of other elements, barium, strontium, calcium. Their simulation model gave results that align with the extremely limited actual data based on direct measurements of radionuclides in back-and-shale wastewater. The research team then used their model to predict potential harm to human health based on spills into surface water that is issued as a source of drinking water irrigation, and recreational fishing. Even in the best-case scenario, using simulated concentrations on the low end, the results indicated that, quote, there is potential risk to human health in North Dakota due to radium-226 in fracking wastewater spills. This model can be used for any area where oil and gas waste is produced. Quote, Overall, the results presented in this study can be treated as a warning and a reference to conduct further investigations. February 6, 2018. A research team from City University of New York School of Public Health and Health Policy surveyed the various state-based regulations and state licensing requirements governing the disposal of radioactive waste from oil and gas waste streams. They found that 17 states had drafted express regulations to reduce exposure to radiation from oil and gas waste. States with active oil and gas drilling that lack such regulations, quote, may leave the public and workers susceptible to adverse health effects from radiation. Among the author's policy recommendations, due to accumulation of radioactivity on equipment, future studies should explore impacts on workers Exposed workers should wear badges to monitor exposures. Worker exposures should be limited by shift changes. Regulations across states should be harmonized to prevent cross-state dumping of large amounts of radioactive solid waste and assure protection of the public from the risk of radiation from exposure to oil and gas drilling wastes. January 4, 2018. A research team from Duke and Pennsylvania State Universities collected stream sediments upstream and downstream from three disposal sites in Pennsylvania that receive oil and gas wastewater, treat it, and release it into surface water. While the practice of treating and dumping liquid waste from fracking operations into Pennsylvania streams largely ended in 2011, these three facilities continue to treat and release waste from conventional drilling operations. The researchers consistently detected elevated radioactivity in stream sediments in the vicinity of the outfall compared to upstream areas. The ratios of radium isotopes to their decay products showed that some of the radium had accumulated in the sediments in recent years after discharges of fracking waste had been halted. Hence, radioactivity from conventionally drilled wells is the likely source of the high levels of radium in sediments downstream from these three treatment plants. Consequently, policies that prohibit disposal only of fracking waste fluids, quote, 
are not adequate in preventing radioactive contamination in sediments at disposal sites. Permission to treat and release any type of oil and gas wastewater via centralized waste treatment facilities, quote, should be reconsidered. September 22, 2017. State health regulators confirmed that unknown quantities of radioactive waste from drilling and fracking operations have been illegally buried in Colorado landfills, not permitted to accept it. November 23, 2016. University of Iowa researchers evaluated radioactive materials, uranium, thorium, radium, lead, and polonium isotopes from drill cutting samples extracted from a single well drilled in northern Pennsylvania. They found complex patterns of vertical stratification. For example, the deep drill cuttings had significantly more uranium than the cuttings removed from shallow portions of the well. Noting that virtually all drill cutting waste from the Marcellus Shale is deposited in landfills, the authors examined the stability of the various radioactive materials by simulating different conditions of landfill leaching. The results suggested some environmental mobility of radionuclides in drill cuttings. In particular, as acidity increased, radionuclide leaching increased, with U and U being the most leachable radionuclides. The authors, sorry, that's 238U and 234U being the most leachable radionuclides. The authors concluded, quote, Although previously, although previous studies have suggested that radioactive materials in drill cuttings pose a minimal health risk to the general public when deposited in landfills, our results indicate that Marcellus Shale drill cuttings warrant further radiochemical investigation. April 27, 2016 Duke University researchers who studied oil and gas wastewater brine spills reported that, quote, the water contamination from brine spills is remarkably persistent in the environment, resulting in elevated levels of salts and trace elements that can be preserved in spill sites for at least months to years. In addition, Radioactivity was elevated in soil and sediment sampled at spill sites, indicating that radium had accumulated in the soils of spill-affected areas. The bigger the spill, the higher the soil radioactivity level. Study author Avner Vengosh told Inside Climate News, quote, We found even if you take away the spill water, you still left behind the legacy of radioactivity in the soils, where it can linger for thousands of years. March 10, 2016. Louisville Courier-Journal reported on illegal dumping of radioactive oil and gas drilling waste in two Kentucky landfills. Landfill operators in Greenup and Estill counties were issued violation notices for failing to, quote, accurately characterize the waste for what it was, allowing what's considered an illegal release of a hazardous material into the environment. The illegal dumping at the Greenup County landfill alone consisted of 369 tons of radioactive drilling waste. February 26, 2016. Radioactive oil and gas waste from fracking operations in Ohio, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia was illegally sent to Estill County, Kentucky's Blue Ridge landfill. 
The radioactive level of the material that was buried, quote, was at least 340 times more than the amount that is allowed to be buried at a solid waste landfill, according to WKYT in Lexington. WKYT reported that Estill County leaders would, quote, fight tooth and toenail to get to the bottom of how low-level radioactive waste ended up in a county landfill and do its own testing at the landfill and nearby schools. November 23, 2015. Absence of federal oversight and, in some cases, a total lack of state regulations for handling radioactive oil and gas waste was the topic of a report in High Country News, which detailed the regulatory situation in six western states. Colorado, Idaho, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Wyoming. North Dakota alone generates an estimated 70 tons a day of radioactive oil and gas waste, quote, because the waste is often too radioactive to be disposed of in landfills, it sometimes gets dumped illegally. Proposed new rules in North Dakota would raise the radioactivity limit for the waste. July 8, 2015. Radium-226 is the dominant radioactive material in flowback water from hydraulically fractured wells in the Marcellus Shale. A Pittsburgh team of researchers studied its fate in three wastewater storage pits in the southwestern Pennsylvania over a 2.5-year period of time. They found that radium-226 concentrations increased when flowback water was being reused for additional fracking operations. Also, radium-226 tended to accumulate in the bottom sludge. This sludge could be classified as radioactive solid waste because it exceeded the radium-226 limit for landfill disposal. A risk assessment showed the potential radiation dose equivalent levels around the three fracking waste pits were within the regulatory limit for the general public. April 9, 2015. A Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health study found that levels of radon in Pennsylvania homes, a region with some of the highest indoor radon concentrations in the U.S., have been rising since 2004, around the time the fracking industry arrived in the state. Radon exposure is the second leading cause of lung cancer worldwide after cigarette smoking. Researchers found that buildings in counties where the most fracking has taken place in the past decade have had significantly higher radon readings compared with those in low fracking areas, a difference that did not exist before 2004. Use of well water was associated with 21% higher indoor radon concentrations than in buildings using public water sources. This study, the first to define and evaluate the predictors of indoor radon concentrations in Pennsylvania, concluded that radon's presence was related to geology, water sources, weather, and natural gas drilling. April 2, 2015 a team of toxicologists, geochemists, and radiation scientists led by the University of Iowa analyzed the contribution of various naturally occurring radioactive materials, NORM, to the total radioactivity of fracking waste fluids, finding evidence of long-lived, environmentally persistent radioactive decay products. Quote, Norm is emerging as a cont- contaminant of concern 
and hydraulic fracturing unconventional drilling wastes, yet the extent of the hazard is currently unknown. The study determined that previous testing and study methods likely underestimated radioactivity by focusing only on radium. The researchers developed a new method to accurately predict the concentrations of uranium, thorium, and radium, and their alpha-emitting progeny, polonium, and lead, in fracking wastewater. They found that under certain conditions, radioactivity increased over time due to ingrowth of alpha-emitting radioactive progeny of long-lived parent radionuclides such as radium. The authors warned that these decay products may potentially contaminate recreational, agricultural, and residential areas, and that a more detailed understanding is needed of how radionuclides accumulate in higher organisms. In an accompanying article in Environmental Health Perspectives, James Birch, a University of South Carolina epidemiologist who was not involved in the study, said that fracking activities and wastewater disposal, which often take place in close proximity to where people live and work, raise risks for human exposure. Quote, the technology is vastly outpacing what we know about the health effects. May 8, 2014. A group of leading medical experts in the American Lung Association of the Northeast detailed research and growing concerns about potential health impacts of the radon and radium associated with natural gas production in the Marcellus Shale in particular. High levels of radiation in the Marcellus Shale could pose health threats if high concentrations of radon and its decay products travel with natural gas, a problem compounded by the short distance Marcellus gas could travel in pipelines to people's homes. March 24, 2014, a team led by toxicology researchers at the University of Iowa identified high levels of radioactivity in fracking wastewater as a significant concern and noted that the testing methods used and recommended by state regulators in the Marcellus Shale region can dramatically underestimate the amount of radioactivity, specifically radium, in fracking wastewater. Results obtained using EPA-recommended protocols can be obscured by the presence of other contaminant mixtures. Regarding the use of EPA protocols with fracking wastewater or other highly saline solutions, Duke University geochemist Avner Vengosh noted, quote, people have to know that this EPA method is not updated. February 2014. The Marcellus Shale is known to have high uranium and radium content. According to Mark Engel, USGS geochemist, the concentration of radium-226 can exceed 10,000 picocuries per liter in the shale. Radium-226 has a half-life of 1,600 years. Radium and other naturally occurring radioactive materials, NORM, can be released from shale rock during drilling and fracking and can emerge with flowback and produced waters. It can thus enter the ambient environment and become concentrated in the sludge that results from treatment of flowback water and in river sediment around water treatment facilities. It can also be found in landfills in which sludge and sediment have been deposited, been disposed. Some radium can be found in drinking water. Geochemist Avner Vengosh warned, once you have a release of fracking fluid into the environment, you end up 
with a radioactive legacy. October 2, 2013. A peer-reviewed study of the impacts of drilling wastewater treated and discharged into a creek by wastewater facility in western Pennsylvania documented radium levels approximately 200 times greater in sediment samples near the discharge location than in sediment samples collected upstream of the plant or elsewhere in western Pennsylvania. Quote, The absolute levels that we found are much higher than what you'd allow in the U.S. for any place to dump radioactive material. One of the authors told Bloomberg News, The pollution occurred despite the fact that the treatment plant removed a substantial amount of the radium from the drilling wastewater before discharging it. The researchers wrote that the accumulation of radium in sludge removed from the wastewater, quote, could pose significant exposure risks if not properly managed. February 2013. In an analysis of fracking sludge samples from Pennsylvania, researchers, quote, confirm the presence of alpha, beta, and gamma radiation in the soil and water in reserve pits located on agricultural land. Total beta radiation exceeded regulatory guidelines values by more than 800%, and elevated levels of some of the radioactive constituents remained in a vacated pit that had been drained and leveled. It is imperative, the research team concluded, quote, that we obtain better knowledge of the quantity of radioactive material and the specific radioisotopes being brought to the Earth's surface from these mining processes. July 26, 2012 Responding to concern about radon in natural gas produced from the Marcellus Shale, the USGS analyzed 10 samples of gas collected near the wellheads of three Pennsylvania gas wells. The agency found radon levels ranging from 1-79 picocuries per liter with an average of 36 in a a 1-79 picocuries per liter with an average of 36 in a median of 32. The highest radon activity reported here would decay to 19.8 picocuries per liter in approximately a week. By comparison, the EPA's threshold for indoor air remediation is 4 picocuries per liter. Asserting they knew of no previously published measurements of radon in natural gas from the Appalachian Basin, which contains the Marcellus Shale, agency scientists concluded that the number of samples, quote, is too small to yield statistically valid results and urge collection and interpretation of additional data. January 11, 2012. In its review of the New York State Department of Environmental Conservation's Supplemental Generic Environmental Impact Statement on high-volume fracturing, the EPA expressed concerns about the diffusion of responsibility for the ultimate disposal of radioactive waste generated by treatment or pretreatment of drilling wastewater. The EPA also raised concerns about the lack of analysis of radon and other radiation exposure. Quote, Who is responsible for addressing the potential health and safety issues in associated monitoring related to external radiation and the inhalation of radon and its decay products? The EPA asked. Such potential concerns needs to be addressed. September 7, 2011. 
The USGS reported that radium levels in wastewater from oil and gas wells in New York and Pennsylvania, including those in the Marcellus Shale, quote, have a distinctly higher median than reported for other formations in the Appalachian Basin and range to higher values than reported in other basins. The median level of radium found in Marcellus Shale wastewater in New York, 5,490 picocuries per liter, is almost 1,100 times the maximum contaminant level for drinking water, which is 5 picocuries per liter. In other words, if a million gallons of Marcellus Shale wastewater contaminated with the median level of radium found in New York were to spill into a waterway, 1.1 billion gallons of water would be required to dilute the radium to the maximum legal level. The EPA's health-based goal for radium in drinking water is zero. Over time, radium naturally decays into radioactive radon gas. Thus, higher radium levels also suggest that higher levels of radon may also be present in natural gas produced from the Marcellus Shale. February 27, 2011. The New York Times reported on the threat to New York's drinking water from Pennsylvania's drilling waste due to the presence of chemical contaminants, including high levels of radioactivity. The investigation found that sewage treatment plants were neither testing for nor capable of removing that radioactivity, which was subsequently discharged into waterways that supply drinking water, and that in some cases, wastewater contained radium levels that were hundreds of times higher than the drinking water standard. Drillers sent some of this waste to New York State for disposal, even though, as the article noted, EPA scientists had warned the state about this very problem in a December 2009 letter that advised against sewage treatment plants accepting drilling waste with radium levels 12 or more times as high as the drinking water standard. 2008-2009 The New York State DEC found that wastewater from 11 of 13 vertical wells drilled in New York's Marcellus Shale in 2008 and 2009 contained radium levels ranging from 400 times to nearly 3,400 times EPA's safe level limit for radium in drinking water. These figures later informed the 2011 study of radium in drilling wastewater conducted by the U.S. GS. And that will wrap up this episode of Frack You Very Much, uh, the sixth reading from the Compendium of Scientific Medical and Media Findings Demonstrating Risks and Harms of Fracking, Unconventional Gas and Oil Extraction, 6th edition, June 2019, as published by the Concerned Health Professionals of New York and Physicians for Social Responsibility. And uh, you can tune in in a couple more episodes for the seventh reading, where we will start in with occupational and safety hazards on page 135. But as we go out now, we're going to listen to a song by Malvina Reynolds. This is Plutonium. Thanks for listening. Plutonium's a business, the business people say. A cup full of plutonium could sweep the world away. 
But Adam plants our business with plutonium on the side. And business will keep going, although all the world has died. Make way for business. They go, go where, where they will go. If business wants plutonium, who's gonna say? announces a Pluto economy. Plutonium on railroad cars and on the ships at sea. Railroad cars, they jump the tracks and freighters, they collide. And business will keep going although all the world has died. Make way for business they, they go where they, they will go. If business wants plutonium, who's gonna say them no? There never was plutonium since all the world began. But now it's a byproduct of the cleverness of man. Half-life of 20,000 years and there's no place to hide and business will keep going although all the world has died make way for business they, they go, go where they will go. go if business wants plutonium who's gonna say A whiff of that plutonium, no city can survive. But PR men can make it smell like Chanel number five. I sing this song to warn us all while we still move around. Cause business goes the way it goes unless we cut them down. Somebody's got to stop them Children, that's me and you And if some of us go down fighting Some of us go down fighting If some of us go down fighting That's a cleaner 